This is the Two Biz Chicks Podcast. Each week, the hosts, successful CEOs Linda Rawson and Tamara Tran, entertain you with real-life stories that are guaranteed to empower, enrich, and enlighten. The Two Biz Chicks are both entrepreneurs, authors, and public speakers with many diverse life experiences that bring a powerful message to each episode. Hi, I'm Linda Rawson. And I'm Tamara Tran. And this podcast for Two Biz Chicks, we're going to talk about just saying no, about good boundaries. True. The SBA has a program called a Mentor-Protégé Program. It's a program that requires SBA approval for participants to, to participate in that program. Uh, so a lot of companies, in, in lieu of going through the whole SBA approval process, have chosen to do unofficial mentor-protege relationships, sort of, so that it's a symbiotic relationship, it benefits both companies, but it's not necessarily an official mentor-protege relationship. In fact, we had a great time at the SBA's mentor-protege conference last year, and that's where we really decided that we wanted to do this podcast. True. True. It was a fun workshop. It was a fun um, conference, and it did give us quite a bit of information. Linda has had the opportunity to participate in a formal relationship with another company, right? Yes, I did, uh, with Select Engineering Services. And I have to say, I don't know where I would be without them. They were the best mentor ever. I've heard horror stories of other companies who were um, mentored by a large company that kind of ripped them off. But they showed me how to do technical proposals, how to do cost proposals, how to do DCAA accounting. Uh, anytime I had a question about a procedure with the government, um, they had the letter or the template for it. So I now have this collection of templates, and I owe a lot to them. They uh, were very, very good mentors. Well, you know, that brings me to a question then, because so many companies want to, especially if you're new in the 8 program, want a protege, you know, want a mentor. They want to become a protege. But a lot of companies look at small companies and kind of think, what's in it for me? Why should I do this? Why, why did they do this for you? Why were they willing to take you on? Because they were teetering on that small business, large business, and they had some very good customers that needed an easier way to get to them. So because I'm an 8A business, it was a method for their customers to do a directed award. And then, of course, we had the 51-49 split. So you think about a mentor saying um, 51% is better than zero, then that's why. That's true. So, And you had a prior relationship with this company, right? I did. I was one of their original employees. Okay, which makes a huge difference. We go to these workshops, and everyone gets really excited and thinks, "Okay, this is going to be fantastic. I'm going to go. I'm going to go to Northrop Grumman, and we're going. To, I'm going to become their protege, and they're going to love me." And it doesn't always happen like that. A lot of times, companies have to have a special niche service or product that they offer in order for those really large companies to be interested in them. And so, it's great to have a prior relationship if you've been employed by one of these companies that's really helpful or if you have a really niche market that you're able to bring a specialty to them that they're looking for that really helps in terms of them vetting you out as a potential protege yeah and you know according to different NAACS codes and and different things like that it can be um, different percentages for the prodigy versus the mentor so there is a lot of advantages for me it was such a good program that I could have never gotten in a university anywhere 
Yeah. See, and that's valuable. And it meant that she also had a very good mentor because, like Linda said, I've heard lots of horror stories where companies just take advantage of the small 80 firm. They, they use them as to front their other contract opportunities. And while it works for you as an 80 initially, it doesn't necessarily help you grow because they're not helping you create your infrastructure with templates and, and experience and technical proposal support and DCA audit support. Right, so, for sure. So, which, you know, our, our podcast is Just Say No for a Reason. Uh, we have been talking and we have been approached by people that would like us to mentor them. And, I mean, I'm so grateful for my mentor. I wouldn't be anywhere without them today. But some of the people that come to us are not quite someone that I really want to spend my time on. And uh, we've been talking about how to screen those people. Well, and we, we don't want to discourage anyone out there looking for a, a uh, mentor. One of the situations we've had recently is we had um, a company, actually they weren't even set up as a company. We had some people come, at, come to us and say, boy, we want to work in defense. That looks like a lot of fun. Help us. And, and as, a, as a company who's, who's struggling to grow also and you're really busy and you're doing a lot of things, of course you want to help people. But you really want to look for people who are helping themselves first. And I think that's the key. Linda, when she went to her mentor, was already set up as a company. She'd received her 8A certification. She'd jumped through all of those hoops, received the certification she needed to. She brought the skills and talents necessary to do the job. And so that is what a, a mentor will look for in a potential protege. Not just a company or an individual that says, ooh, I want to do what you do. Let me jump on and, and, and ride the wave that you're on because that makes it kind of frustrating. Companies really truly will look at you and say, well, what's in it for me? To a point. Yeah, I agree. And I think um, some important things for a prodigy to bring are an idea of where they want to go, what kind of work they want to do, what skills that they have, and a known quantity. Um, do they have some references? Uh, have I had any interactions with them in the past as either an acquaintance or some other um, avenue? True. So it's, it's about building the relationship. So if you have companies that you might want to approach um, as a potential mentor, make sure that you develop the relationship first instead of just sort of asking for asking for the prize at the end. Uh, because it's all about relationships, as we've talked about in previous podcasts, and, and people tend to know that anyway. But it's creating that strength, that trust, so that someone wants to invest their time in you and in your company. Because at the end of the day, it's a reflection of them, um, as much as it is a reflection of you. Exactly. Uh, I have had to say no to uh, helping people this year, just because of my uh, bandwidth of time. It's very limited. So I am more than happy to help someone. I'm more than happy to answer questions. But as far as spending some real time with them and, and making sure they're on track and making sure that they're meeting their deadlines, I really need the prodigy to come to me that has all those things in place because I will say no. True. true. And, and, and it's, it's a good thing. And it helps companies sometimes to be guided a little bit by, okay, well, have you thought about this and this and this? Go back to the drawing board, think about it, put it together, and then come back and talk to us. I've had lots of opportunities to, to seek mentors, to seek proteges, and we've never created an actual 
official relationship with any companies, but we have had unofficial uh, mentors along the way, and it's been very helpful. If you have a company that you admire, if you have an individual that you know that owns a company that you admire, feel free to go to them and ask for suggestions. And it's really helpful to kind of create some guidelines in terms of what types of help and suggestions would you like from them. It's one thing to be able to sit down with someone and just sort of divulge everything you know, but it's, it's too much information, it's overwhelming, it takes too much time. So like Linda said, if you can approach them with, okay, I would, I would like help setting up my accounting system so that it will pass a DCAA audit, then a company has something that they can provide for you. So it's very helpful if you approach it that way. For sure. And on our website, we do uh, have the DCAA audit suggested chart of accounts. So if you're getting ready to start your accounting system, please go download that. It will help you immensely. Absolutely. In terms of saying no, we are learning that there are lots of great opportunities that come our way. And it's learning how to truly strategically plan for things. When we were a first new 8A company, we'd have bigger companies come to us and say, hey, would you like to um, get a direct award for this hardware purchase? It's a million dollars. And we'd think, oh, a million dollars, that's awesome. But we didn't realize a million dollars at the end of the day only equaled $25,000 for us as a company, which seems like a lot, but it's really not. When you look at the whole 8A program and what a million dollars in revenue will do to you in terms of offsetting your 8A. So make sure that the opportunities that you say yes to are strategic. And they have to be strategic for your company, not just not just strategic for the company that wants to uh, team with you. Yeah, and there is some specific SBA rules surrounding that. A large business you can't joint venture with, you can subcontract to them, or you can create a legal mentor-prodigy relationship. So be careful of the size standard regulations and and before you team or joint venture or mentor protege, make sure that you have done your homework and that you've read all the regulations. It's true. And really question uh, the, the motives and make sure that the outcome will work for you. Because a lot of times people can sort of be taken advantage of and not really realize it until it's too late sometimes. So it's okay to say no. So have you personally had issues with saying no? Yes, because I like to help people. Um, one of the things that has been difficult for me is I'll see somebody and and they'll look like they want to have a business. And so I'll come up with this great plan for them. And this is how you should do it. And this is what you should do. And, and, and this is an industry that would be great for you. But what I found is that my enthusiasm does, doesn't necessarily rub off onto them. And, and it's... It's a personality type. Some people do not want to be in business for themselves, and that's okay. That's completely okay and, and wonderful. But but it's hard to take a personality like that and put it into someone who doesn't necessarily want it. So I've come across as too helpful sometimes, which comes across as pushy, and it makes it hard for me to say no because people will come to me and say, hey, how should I do this? What should I do? And I'll totally help them, and then they don't do anything with it. And it's frustrating. So I've, I learned. Yeah, and I've had a lot of issue with uh, people that I set up an appointment with or we decide to work on a project together and we decide what the tasks are and we divvy out the tasks and they don't do their tasks, they don't find time to meet, they they cannot get to uh, their meetings and at the end of the day I 
it seems to be a three strike rule, and and I'm getting more and more boundaries. That's good. But I have to just cut them out of the project because if they're not willing to give me some of their time and if they don't feel like they're performing up to my expectation, let's talk about it. Let's figure if my expectation is too high or what they can bring to the table. But in the end, I'm going to say no because I don't want to waste my time if they're not willing to waste theirs. It's true. Now, does that happen more with friendships that turn into business relationships? Yes. Okay. And so we can talk about that. Yes. It's an unknown quantity. Yes. And, and that's hard. It's hard to take off your business hat, put on your friendship hat, or it's even harder to put on your friendship hat when you're doing business with somebody else. And yes, for sure. People. And so you're, you're trying, you're trying to mentor them. You're trying to be nice. But at the end of the day, you've only got so much time. So you've got to say no. It's true. So, and it's okay because in the end it benefits you. If you know what you want, then you'll be happy when you get there and you achieve it. And I think it benefits them as well. Maybe they didn't realize they were being um, so flaky or maybe they didn't really realize what a business involved. Maybe they, um, you know, they, they can go on with their personal life. Maybe they didn't realize they didn't have enough time. Yeah, so. True. It's true. I it looks fun, and, and we all know this, and I know the audience that we're talking to knows that. It looks fun to have your own business and have your own hours, and people think this is a great life, and it is, uh-huh. but it comes with a price. So, and, and why did you start your business? We started ours because my husband and I were both um, the type of people that would always take work home, and we would do whatever it takes to get the job done. And we thought, we're spending so much time doing this, so much time for other people. We were working in different industries. And he said, let's combine our talents and our efforts and create something together. And that's the reason we did it. How about you? Yeah, I didn't ever intend to be an entrepreneur. So when it when the opportunity presented itself, I sort of just jumped because I'm a little, you know, risk adverse. So I just jumped into it and it worked out. So... I can't imagine working for someone else now. I probably wouldn't be the greatest employee. <laughs> it's, it's hard to sort of call your own shots uh-huh. and be your own boss. And can you imagine getting somewhere at a certain time? Yeah. I mean, in the morning, like, I don't know. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard Every to be day. Yeah. Like that. And, and to answer, answer to somebody else. I do have mm-hmm. a secret dream, though. What's it's your always secret? been to work at the makeup counter at Nordstrom. Oh, wow. <laughs> I know. And it's you so just, funny. so these people come in and you're going to get them makeovers? Yes, I just think it would be really fun and oh. I love makeup, so. Anyway. I should let you make over me sometime, <laughs> like maybe before we film these maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe I should make over myself first. <laughs> anyway, but it would be hard to be an employee. I've thought about that uh-huh. often. Yeah. yeah. I, um, I, I, so. Sometimes people look at me and they say, you don't work standard hours, but I mean, uh, I think I make up for it in the middle of the night or on weekends, or I, I just can't imagine being done up with work every day at five o'clock. It would be nice to just be able to, I know, I know people who just walk away from their jobs and that's the last thing they think about until eight uh-huh. o'clock in the morning. But my husband and I have never been like that. I, I would always still be working on stuff for work and anyway, so it works out to be self-employed and. Uh-huh. Because we were doing it anyway. So that's for sure. Yeah. And uh, family, you know, um, uh, sometimes uh, my family's pretty good right now, but 
there have been times when it's like, I don't know if I have time to uh, do the family thing right now or not. I'm right in the middle. And sometimes you have to say no to those people as well. That's true. And that's tough. We still have kids at home. We have one in college and one in high school. And, and it's tough. In fact, my daughter today asked me to pick her up for an assembly. She has a car. It was in the school parking lot. She didn't want to drive her car off the school grounds because it would be hard to find a parking place and coming back. And I had to say, no, I can't. I'm in a meeting. And I hate doing that because I hate her feeling like I'm choosing work over her own comforts. But sometimes kids need to realize there are boundaries there also. And, um, and those are hard to say yeah. no. Right. And say no to your children as well. But, but sometimes it's good for them. Uh-huh. So it's good for them to learn. Well, we um, appreciate you listening and just say no and set those healthy boundaries. And you'll feel empowered every time you do. And you put yourself first. And you'll never regret that. Yeah, make yourself a priority. And then everybody else will also. I've learned that.